Okay, so right. we should <clears throat> social media at the top of the show this time because we're not really pushing it enough, I don't think. I mean, it's going well. It could be going better. Well, well when, when does this appear then? This will be before the, the, the music at the beginning. It's like we're ducking in and just being like, hi guys, this is Isaac and Declan from That's oh, a Show. Oh, but I hate that. Well, we don't have to do it quite like that. We can be a bit more uh, no, 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 but I just, about the whole thing. Not, not the style, just the principle. You don't like having words before songs? Uh, no, I just don't like having plugs. Well, yeah, I've, I agree with you on a on a quite fundamental level, but if we don't plug it, I mean, no other fucker's going to plug it for us. At That's a Shame cast. Look, let's do it more organically. I'll just be like, Declan, could you just give out the Twitter? Uh, yeah, it's... What was um, the Twitter again? It's, uh, <clears throat> it's at That's a Shame cast, Isaac. Oh, yeah. And there's good content there, right? Uh, I'm going to want to check it out. Every few minutes, some more... Well, well don't lie about it. So, well, okay, every few hours, some more yeah. shame. <laughs> We've got um, a hashtag, that's a shame, that we just sort of append to everything in a vague attempt to create a brand. <laughs> <laughs> Lazy, wow. Um, that, no, that, that little dog. Oh, that dog is good, actually. That dog's everywhere. I think we should try and... Uh, I was going to say hunt him down, but that sounded more violent than I intended. Yeah, in this um, fox hunting world. Are we doing this? Are we? Are we doing this for the email as well? Yeah, might as well. Just like get in touch, guys. It's, that's a shame. Cast at gmail dot com. That email again, Declan. That's a shame. Cast at gmail dot com. It's not hard. It's no, it's, it's not difficult. The, it's the same as it's always the same. That is what we will use yeah. if you need to get it's in quite touch. Static. And we will read out your emails. So. I mean, you can say all kinds of me- like mental stuff, and as long as it's not broadly offensive <laughs> yeah. to, to everyone at large. Then as long we'll, as it's not a threat. Yeah, we'll give it a read. And tweet us, you know, thoughts, feedback, just to say hello. We love you. And iTunes reviews. Am I right, Declan? Can we just do the trumpet, for fuck's sake? So hello and welcome back now for episode seven of That's a Shame. That's a Shame. I'm Declan. And I'm Isaac. And I, well, I've just realised that, you know, these episode numbers are a bit of a lie because we did three and a half. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. So it's technically <laughs> our eighth. really no reason for us to do three and a half. We could have just done four. Well, we didn't know at the time that we were going to move to a bi-weekly but schedule. I guess even in that, like that being the case, it, it was still the fourth episode, not the three and a half. That's right. We, we learn from our mistakes though. We yeah. Move. We won't be we'll doing, move. won't be doing it again. Oh, never. Um, this is also a strange episode because it's a bit of a lie mm-hmm. chronologically. True. We're, As uh, many of them have been, to be <laughs> yeah. fair. We've got um, busy weeks. Uh-huh. If you not, can believe that. Not of anything important um, hey. coming up. But we, uh, we're we not sure when we're going to be able to record. So we're shamelessly banking a few now. Mm-hmm. So this is actually being recorded almost a week in advance. 
Yeah, but it's still after episode five, so it's not like we're not like coming from the late nineties. No, going to start talking about NSYNC for the whole episode. But we are recording it before we'll be recording and releasing episode six. That's true. But episode six is going to be a wild card. Should we? Oh my god! Pre-promote that because it's going to be unusual for our listenership. But this will be coming out afterwards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what's the true. point in promoting? Well, <laughs> promoting the previous episode. Let's do a callback because some people they might have skipped six. <laughs> They might be like episode on a Sunday. Fuck off. So should, what? Episode should we six try and be crazy? So we're going to try and predict now what will happen in episode six. Yeah, I'll have edited out a lot of uh, <laughs> <laughs> offensive language from our guest. Yes, I'm um, sure. I think we'll probably. Uh, I don't know. I don't think there'll be a great deal of structure to it. Almost It'll also none. be our first Sunday episode, and I think I'm going to intro it that week. I've decided. You're going to intro it? Yeah, I'd like to do Sunday intros, and you do Wednesday intros. Well, that's absolutely fine by me. Thank you so much. You're more than welcome to I don't to know that. why, I just thought... Well, because it it's... a different start to the show. It's the Lord's Day, and, you know... Who is closer? One time when I was at Disney World, um, they have this guy, Bob Jackson, he's called, and he's just celebrated, I think, tw- it's either 20 or 30 years working at disney world in the same capacity and he's this sort of uh he's a pianist but like he is actually a really good pianist but his show is just mental and he plays to like a bar of people in one of the resorts and his piano is on like rockers so it just rocks back and forth and he wears (laughs) like a bowler hat he is like fully mad but also a really lovely man he does a lot of charity stuff anyway the long story short is that he compared me to christ (laughs) <laughs> because he was doing this song about American Pie. You may know it. It goes American Pie. It's got about a thousand verses. Yeah. McLean. And it got to the bit, he he goes around the audience before like some kind of deity. And he is kind of like a cult figure as well. Because yeah. obviously he's been there for ages. It's a very unique kind of uh, madness to his act. And he's personable. He seems to have a great memory as well. Because he remembers like, he'll talk to literally everyone there if they want to have a chat before the show and he remembers and then references like where they're from facts they've mentioned their names and stuff. So he got me up to do something at one point, which was involved like running backwards and forwards from the bar with drink. It was very strange. Well, I can't really remember it. I kind of how you spend down. the majority of your time in bars anyway. Yeah. But normally it's not at the request of anyone, anyone other else. than myself. <laughs> it was mildly kind of, it's one of those, could be embarrassing moments that I just had to go for and barrel on past. Well and then afterwards, pleased he was by my performance of whatever this was, <laughs> running back and forth as a kind of double act that we'd become. Um, he, you know, the line in that song where he's like, the three men I admire the most, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Yeah. He says that line, right? He gives it a song, a little sing, that bit, and then pauses at the piano and just turns out to the audience and says, and Isaac. And just let that sit for a while as the audience thought he's just compared this <laughs> 17 year old English boy, then 17 to the Christ in Florida as well, which is like one of the most religious backward states. I thought oh, yeah. he was trying to incite some kind of religious uh, uprising against me, but he wasn't anyway. So that's one of the times I've been compared to God. And if anyone would like to make that comparison further, at <laughs> Isaac BD, or at that's a shame cast. If you've got the sense from the the previous episodes that Isaac is in any way lacking in self-esteem 
and fancy <laughs> fancy giving him a boost. Well, Why not compare him to Christ? <laughs> or you can take me down a peg or give it your best shot. I mean, I'm resilient. Okay. But we'll see what happens. Someone's going to say something so devastating. <laughs> it's going to just Absolutely prohibit me from you. recording ever again. People like that are amazing, though. These sort of features mm-hmm. of uh, of a particular landscape that, you know, they like become part of the wallpaper. There. Uh, but but again, like as well, people who have those ridiculous memories. Yeah, it's something cool. so foreign to me. I have. I'm atrocious at that. I I can't remember anyone's name, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's probably because I don't care. Yeah, because it must be a. It's not like a natural thing. No, I wouldn't but, imagine the. But at the same time, I am really good at remembering everyone's face. And all that means is I know exactly whose name I've forgotten. <laughs> that is unfortunate. At least you know who to avoid, though. Like, if they're coming towards you, you can yeah. cross the road before Just you have to away. give a... Hi, you. How's it going, fella? Pal. <laughs> fella, my lad. Yeah, that is a shame. It was um, at sixth form. They kind of threw us in at the deep end. It was a really big sixth form. So my secondary school had, like, 120 people in a year. And so... I'm told that's not very big. So the, uh, the whole school was like 500 and something people. Yeah. And then my sixth form had like several thousand people. And the sixth form itself was like bigger than my entire school. So on the first day, they gave everyone name badges to wear. And then on the second day, they just took them all back as if, I, <laughs> as if I'd learned them all. By then, I spent three months not knowing Jacob's name, <laughs> who was in my form, went on to become like one of my best friends. That's there are so, so many funny. variations that you can chuck out of like, <laughs> yeah, it's going good, actually, guy. <laughs> Having a good one, pal. But I feel they're fairly transparent after a while. That's so... Well, I imagine, why actively take them back? I know, it was like, um, I think they were trying to teach early on in the process that they were both benevolent and deeply cruel. <laughs> and that was going to be their approach to education for the two years that I was with them. Do they take the textbooks back as well? That's it. (laughs) If you haven't learned it now. My secondary school tried to sue me. Well, one teacher tried to sue me and Matthew for accidentally still having a science textbook that they gave us. Really? Because they they put in lockers. Like, it was a very... um, I went to school in Deptford. And, like, you know this already. But it was a very, like, inner city, uh, like, in quite a deprived area. So they didn't have a lot of resources, the school. They got lockers for about three months but they only had enough for half of one year group and that year group i was in year 11 at the time so they gave them to half of year 11 and the way they did it my name is bernier doyle so it was just the first half of the alphabetical order of the year so if your name was like john michaels you were fine but steve norman was just fucked (laughs) never got a locker (laughs) and so they gave them and we put like textbooks in it but then they just took them back after that three months because I think they'd been renting them and ran out of money or something. They didn't pay like the deposit. So they took them back with the stuff inside them. And so people oh, had to like great. reclaim bags and things. And I just never bothered to to reclaim a textbook. No. So it wasn't mine anyway. Yeah. And then we got a letter uh, after I'd like graduated. Do you say graduated from secondary school? I avoid I don't feel it like I have. We're not you, high school. We're no. American high school. So what is the word? Have I, I don't know just why left. I've never come across. You yeah. left. <laughs> I've had left. 
left left as I was like I was fed up they were after I walked out of secondary school <laughs> it was it was all getting a bit much I mean there's only so many different chemical formulas you can bother to learn but yeah I got a letter to my house that was like urgent repayment it was like a, a loan shark was after me and it was a, it was from specifically a supply teacher who I knew was no longer with the school but who had been like the subject teacher for this for a like that's so months. bold imagine not being part of a school but sending that letter anyway I know. who was he he was the same teacher Mr I am going to name him Adirie who uh, once told me in a maths class in which like I don't know what I was doing wrong it was uh, like it was something. I'm not going to say there was nothing. I was, I was a generally disruptive presence yeah. for my entire life, really. But he took, he sent me out, which was kind of regular occurrence. But there were, in my defence, lots of people like fucking around, throwing papers around. Because right. as soon as a supply teacher rocks up, well, yeah. you know, like what's the point of even being here? Yeah. And so he took me outside, or he came outside after I'd been sent out, and he was a really big guy. He was about six foot four thick nigerian accent really really nice accent but quite menacing because of his size and because of what he's about to say to then probably about 14 year old Isaac, who's probably about five foot white boy and he just knelt down next to me and said in school i'm a teacher but if i see you on road i'm allowed to take off my shirt and beat you (laughs) (laughs) What? And I was so like I wasn't. That's quite threatening. He was also like half joking, but not not maybe maybe about forty nine (laughs) percent joking. But it was just such a baffling thing to be told. And as soon as I told everyone else, I was like, it was hilarious. But at the time, I was like, that's an odd. That's really dynamic. Mr. Adiria so <laughs> was having none of your shit. He wasn't up for any of it. And thankfully, I've not seen him on road to this day. And I don't yeah. know if he'd recognise me now. But if ever I'm like we're out or something, beaten to death, and you see, or you hear like a howl of rage, <laughs> and a shirt comes fluttering down like American Beauty plastic bags towards us, then just run is what I'm saying. That's so... why did I get onto Mr. Adiria? What were we talking about? I can't remember. But I, you reminded me. Of uh, of a particular moment from high school where, because I conversely went to quite a, a privileged high school mm-hmm. in that it was like a quite a well. You call it a high ground. school as well, which I've always found interesting. Well, because it's a called thing? well, it's called Westcliff High School for Boys. Oh. So it it's in the name. Kind of I might as well thing. use it. Yeah, um, that's fair. But my form were particularly bad. I was mm-hmm. not, I was an absolute goody goody. You were a head boy, I was, you? yeah, I was. Wow. Not at this stage. <laughs> so good, they just gave it to <laughs> me whole year eight. five years, that's <laughs> um, So, um, but our form from time to time, all of us were just horrid, hated, loathed by the teaching staff. Mm-hmm. But my favourite memory of what we did was, again, a supply lesson. Um, and it was a new supply teacher as well, which is like even That's more of a DOS lesson. Of, <laughs> yeah. of fucking around, isn't it? Yeah. And what we did was so gloriously simple, which was we simply refused to accept that she existed. <laughs> wow. She, she tried for 20 minutes to start this lesson and just no one so much as looked at her. And we weren't doing... <laughs> 
Beyond beyond that, we weren't doing anything particularly outrageous. No one was throwing mm-hmm. anything. There weren't fights. There was no screaming or shouting. Everyone was seated. But that's enough. Everyone had their books out. They were just having a chat. And that was it for 20 minutes. And she stood at the front and screamed like, at one point. Oh, no. And just no one, no one threw her a bone. And she walked out and quit. Wow, <laughs> on the spot. And that was it. Just she never just came she's not back. cut out for teaching. No, just never came back. Being a supply teacher is like the most thankless task. Oh, yeah. But I thought, like, what what can you even do in that situation if you have 30 people? I think you'd have to just do something so mad that they couldn't not notice (laughs) you. Just strip naked. Or, like, pull off your own skin. (laughs) Like, unhinge your jaw and just swallow the nearest child. Yeah, the kid on the front row. But you're in a very... I don't know, because it's, it's such a delicate balance, that kind of respect of a class. You were a teacher. I'm sure you have experience of this. Um, but because they can't go too far, because as soon as they go too mad and shout too much, then it becomes funny again. Yeah. It's a lot like stand-up, I suppose, in some ways, like the, the balance of where a joke actually works before it's gone too far or like yeah. before the laugh is kind of For- precipitated by too much work. Yeah, for me, it was just about establishing, like, really early on what what I was about, <laughs> what I was here for. And, like, I, I just made it very clear that uh, I'm very open. Like, I don't want to teach boring lessons. I want to watch yeah. films and listen to music and I want to chat. But I also can't be bothered to deal with anyone being a kid. Yeah. <laughs> so, at the same time, I was like, I get paid exactly the same amount of money and it's a pittance <laughs> whether we do whether whether we do fun lessons or whether i write stuff on the board and you copy it down mm-hmm. i was like and i i have a laptop i have the internet and hearthstone i, I, I can be on reddit hearthstone <laughs> facebook all lesson and i still get paid the exact same amount so it was really up to them that would not have worked personally for me because no. i would have taken any excuse to to yeah to to get you to back down and not want to do the lesson but that broadly was like there are two strategies that i think are quite effective and that's one is to just be very upfront about like yeah i don't i don't don't fuck around the, just like apathetically sending people <clears throat> out so that's not a victory for them like they don't get any yeah. credit for it but the other and i think best method but it's very much an you either have it or you don't quality is that some teachers are just the most terrifying people I've ever oh, yeah. encountered. We had this deputy head called Miss Lennon, who was, uh, I'll say something nice first. Actually, I really love her. She's one of the best teachers I've ever had. So that's something really nice. The woman okay. was about 500 stone. And <laughs> she had the thickest Irish accent. She was called Lennon. What and she a was, name. Um, she was probably about like five foot dead, about six foot wide. And just had this presence and these like beady eyes that could just terrify. Because a lot of like, like I said, in Deptford, people were like in and out of prison in my year. There'd be like drug offences and like giant fights where Deptford Green would come down outside the gate and someone would get stabbed, like as a semi-regular termly occurrence. But these kids who are like going into prison would cower at the sight of Miss Lennon just turning her head. There was some ineffable quality that she possessed that I would love to like find out how, like distill Imagine if you could get just essence. bottle it. It'd be so perfect. It, it is incredible. We had a teacher 
called um, Mr. Brown, mm-hmm. who was a maths teacher, who was maybe four foot eleven uh-huh. and the the thinnest man you've ever seen. He, mo- he, he might was, be like Miss Lennon's counterpart. Yeah, I, like I, I, <laughs> I think he may well be. Imagine if they were married. Now. Lennon and Brown. Yeah, That'd be so lovely. But and also just the most softly spoken person in the entire world. But if he came near you, it was like a dementor. Like you just hushed up and you were quiet. And uh, I, I remember because my high school had a sixth form. So most people went straight from the high school mm-hmm. into the same sixth form. But <clears throat> we did have people from external schools come along. And I remember on one of the uh, induction days for the sixth form, I had a an A-level maths lesson with Mr. Brown. And there was a, a kid from one of the schools down the road, which was uh, probably more similar to to your school in Deptford. Mm-hmm. And like he came into this lesson and he got the most minuscule thing wrong in this equation. He put his hand up. I think he forgot to say that it was negative X rather than X. Classic error. And Mr. Brown just looked at him, just didn't say anything. And the kid began to sweat <laughs> and just and shake and and start just throwing stuff out like uh, forex, forex. Why? Why? Negative X. And then, like Mr. Brown, eventually just does this slow nod and like turns and writes it on the board. And he quit maths <laughs> that day. He dropped <laughs> the idea. He dropped the idea of maths A level. Wow, A level. Yeah, That's like bold. I know it. It was such a strange presence. Like he, he's like he, a. He's not a yes man for maths. Then is he? He's like no. you're either here or you can fuck off. Yeah. If you oh, don't know negative X, hit the road, lads. <laughs> That's it, gal. What you there's, there's nothing I can teach you. <laughs> because he, he left the school and he was teaching, I think he's teaching abroad at the moment, but he, he came back to England to visit while I was teaching at the school. Mm-hmm. And he came into the staff room and I had a little nook at the, at the back of the staff quiet room in which I would sit, I'd eat my macaroni cheese and I'd watch some Hearthstone videos during my free periods. It doesn't sound like uh, the best existence. It doesn't it was, sound like you were hitting your stride. It was absolutely beautiful. It was the happiest moment of my oh. day, all right? But <laughs> he like was in there like saying hello to people. And I had my mm. earphones in, so I didn't know. And he came round the corner to come and say hello. And I instinctively, A, hid my food. <laughs> right? I closed my laptop down. And I stood up, <laughs> oh, man. like bad. just out of yeah. I did a curtsy, like, like emptying my wallet in front of him. <laughs> just it was a, a real instinct of fear. I was like, oh my god, no, Mister Brown's caught me watching, watching videos and, and <laughs> eating during during my own time. That would I'm be paid so- for, old dear. Oh, yeah, I would like to um, interview these people because there's a lot. It's like crossover with the kind of classic full metal jacket boot boot uh, camp yeah. uh, commander drill sergeant drill sergeant indeed yeah i feel like a lot of those people could retire into a gentle geography lesson. yeah i remember one of my teachers had a a story about one of his teachers who was 
<laughs> like who is a, a character from a fucking novel. Like he was just so fictional, mm-hmm. but told with such uh, such conviction. That I, I had a hard time disbelieving him. He was an ex monk and ex soldier. Wow, that's quite a turnaround. I know. <laughs> They're like diametrically opposed career choices. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, I believe in non-violence and that, you know, everything. On Unless there's a war. <laughs> apart from Iraq, who can fuck themselves. <laughs> what dreadful, dreadful man. I wish he'd stayed a monk. Um, and in the war, he'd had an unspecified war, I should say. Um, he'd had like a metaphorical the, war. He'd had the tops of each of his fingers on his right hand blown off. What? So, so you know, um, like your fingers are made up of sort of three different parts. You've got two joints. Phalanges or something Yeah, like that. I think that that's the, the bone. That's at least the name for one of them. He'd had the top one of those, so essentially where the nail is. Was he wearing like bomb-proof fingerless gloves? Just, <laughs> yeah. He was like a punk it. soldier. <laughs> He's just dragging his hand along the floor at the side of the vehicle. <laughs> He always um, leads into rooms with his fingers out like a, a model or something. Because <laughs> if you're going to lose any bit, might as well be yeah. that. Um, but apparently, the one payoff of this was that he became impossibly accurate at flicking chalk at people. <laughs> oh, wow. So he just used to like get the little nibs of chalk right at the end when you can't write with it anymore. And they, he would just keep them lined up, <laughs> literally as ammunition. For him, the, the war had never the, really ended. <laughs> no. <laughs> he saw he, now the student He took it with enemy. him. <laughs> as, as the VC. <laughs> and he just, he just used to pick them up, apparently, and turn and, you know, like 360 no-scope mm. and just ping it straight at people's heads. <laughs> and that was and wouldn't say anything. He'd then just turn straight well, around. Well, yeah, what are you going to say about that? <laughs> yeah. You've been chalked. <laughs> This one's for Imagine. Mikey from 44th and 3rd Regiment. It's weird that the I was thinking about the monk-soldier dichotomy. Right. And it is ostensibly very opposed. But then yeah. why are monks always fighting people in films? Where does this idea that monks are really good at fighting actually come from? Because both monks and soldiers stereotypically have very good aim. So I was thinking yeah. like he's got the concomitants of these two great aiming lineages behind each and every <laughs> should, stubby should, flick from his not fingers. He, he should have been the real soldier of our age. Yeah. And like he's sort of... fucked off to teach. <laughs> yeah. Should be on the front line now, reclaiming the Falklands. Like I said, like he is like a character from something. You, you can imagine. <laughs> I don't support that. <laughs> at all. You should, like he, he one day is, going to be teaching some lesson about the fucking water cycle and, and <laughs> men in in khaki are going to come in and sort of drag him out and like that being monsters inc where they all like there's a 2119 and they all pop yeah. down through the ceiling to sterilize him yeah and just just like we need you back on the job ricky <laughs> there's no You're other soldier cannon. monk like you <laughs> <laughs> he's called something like father brown or something yeah really yeah like. definitely like a slightly violent past is alluded to. He was mixed up in some dark things. I don't I don't know where that comes from, though. I suppose people just assume that they've got so much time on their hands, they've got to be good at something. And also, it's probably part of the, like, stereotyping of Asians in film, that Absolutely. they can all fight and are all uh, comedy characters, 
possibly yeah. sneaky as well as another dispensable. Yeah. What about in Rogue One, where this happens exactly? He's like a Force monk. Oh yeah, Jedi's are a kind of soldier monk, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, so that's where it comes from as well. God, we've really uncovered something that is worthy <laughs> of a JSTOR article. Here we go. Yeah. yeah. I don't have much more to say about it, though, other no. than that it exists and that I wish <laughs> someone would find out why. <laughs> and that we, if we could maybe move away from all Asians being... Yeah, just an idea, being, Hollywood. Being vague masters of some sort of martial art, unspecified. The, it must be so demoralising as an especially Asian-American actor uh, to receive a script and, to find that <laughs> and just know dies two thirds in, in a scene in which they repeat one mantra yeah. a thousand times. I am with the force and the force is with me. I am with the force. And, the, and he just like, or some, it just happens so frequently that you just walk through a crowd or you like part everyone in your final fight scene where you're using an inappropriately anachronistic weapon yep. against like machine guns and predator drones. It must be like, Really disheartening to know that, uh, as any Asian American actor, that whatever your character, no matter how good they are at their unspecified martial art, it's never going to be quite good enough to beat up the white guy hero, <laughs> 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 who 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 either a knows it better than you, b yep. just like kicks you in the balls, and it's a really funny moment. Yeah, like the Indiana Jones. Uh, yeah, exactly. Gun sword. Yeah, thing. or or they just pull a gun on you. Either way, all of them hate crimes. <laughs> oh, yeah, Hollywood's a bit of a problem, isn't it? I don't think that's one we should necessarily get into because I don't think <laughs> we can offer a lot of solutions as white men ourselves. No. <laughs> but let it just be known that we're allies to the cause of, uh, of Asian actors not you just guys. dying in the second act <laughs> in a heroic but ultimately not that plot-relevant battle scene that is overshadowed by the friendly inadequacy and like haphazard but adorable actions of felicity jones yeah bless um talking about teaching leads me almost naturally had we not taken that segue <laughs> into one of the <laughs> items on my list of podcast topics go on then so just erase that last five minutes from your mind or don't because it was good content there at that's a shame cast if you want to tell us how good and I will read to you now. So my friend Jacob, who I've already mentioned, oh, yeah. met at Sixth Form. He is currently, before moving to Southampton, I mean, I don't know why anyone would want to do that, to have a job. He's been tutoring because uh, he's like very well-educated, good little tutor. And he sent me the creative writing assignment of a 10-year-old student. Right. Um, and I don't know if this is something he's assigned and I kind of think it isn't because I don't think he's tutoring 10 year olds, but he's just been at a school and probably found it. Yeah. There. So Monday, the 4th of January at the top of the page. Mm-hmm. One thing to point out already is that st- like it's moved on the formatting since my day of being at primary school. Cause you used to do date in the top, right? Yeah. No, di- or date in the top left yeah. margin, maybe No, date in the top. Right. Or is that where your name went? There's yeah. definitely something in that square in the box. Yeah, and yeah, then the yeah. title. But she's just uh, eschewed all these conventions. It's all over the gaff. Very postmodern. And instead of a title, she's got an LO, which uh, you'll know as a learning objective. Yep. <clears throat> which is here to write a character description. Or indeed a lesson objective. True. That that could also be the case. They might want to 
disambiguate those a little. Yeah. Just a tip there if any education policymakers <laughs> happen to be tuning into it. Hey, thanks for listening, Ofsted. That's, <laughs> That's a shame, a shame cast. cast. <laughs> <laughs> At gmail.com. Uh, the lesson objective is to write a character description and write one she has. So I'll just read it and we can go through it because there's go a lot right to cover here. Mikey Lloyd, also known as the Predator, is 38. <laughs> Believed to be British, he lives in London. But to be precise, he lives in an apartment. <laughs> Which I have already. It's such a lovely way of putting that. <laughs> to be precise, I mean, he lives in his bedroom. <laughs> the man's basically a recluse. Um, Believed although, to be English. Oh, actually, this is there was more there. So... He lives in London, but to be precise, he lives in an apartment, although he spends most of his time in his house. So he's, he's got two <laughs> he's got... two abodes already. He's, like he's one of these fucking fat cats. Yeah. The 1%, isn't he? Yeah. Like Mikey Lloyd. Mikey. The Predator. Mikey I love the, the Predator um, Lloyd. <laughs> I just don't think there are that many adults willingly calling themselves Mikey rather than just Mike or Michael. Not ones who have two homes. No, that's very true. Or who are otherwise known as the Predator. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think the kind of personality that gets you known as the Predator also has any crossover I'm, with getting you known as Mikey. I'm keen to find out if this is Predator as in Arnold Schwarzenegger movie or Predator no. as in To Catcher. Yes, more more that one. Oh, okay. Um, Lloyd, so she's gone for the surname there. It's quite a formal tone to this piece. Yeah. Lloyd sits on park benches and stares at children. Choosing his next victim. <laughs> the crime he has committed <laughs> is kidnapping <It's> obvious. children. <laughs> More than 50, and then this is the best word ever, unlucky children <laughs> have died. Actually, had died. I'm not sure. Oh, about no. Shit out of luck. I know. Oh, God. Imagine some people like... You know when you go to the cupboard and you're looking for lunch or something and it turns out that you the last can of soup was eaten the day before and you're like, God, that's unlucky. Well, 50 of these unlucky children have been killed yep. by Mikey the Predator, the predator Lloyd. Lloyd. 38, believed to be So British. they they had died. Uh, now there's quite a segue. There's no new paragraph, but just kind of jumps on. Yep. He wears a top hat so that he can hide his eyes, much like <laughs> the... Mr. X visor that we talked about in episode five. So that he can hide his eyes. It's not but one draw of the attention functions. But draw attention to the <laughs> to rest the of his stuff. <laughs> it's not yeah, it's not a classic function of a top hat, the eye no, covers. Baseball cap. Sunglasses. Yeah. Your own hand in front of your eyes. These are all better options. All the police has been okay. Or I won't you know, we're not gonna attack her grammar. No. But she's a fucking idiot. <laughs> All the police have, darling, been searching for him, but nobody knows exactly how he looks like. All the police has gathered is that he wears a suit and has a heart-shaped head <laughs> <laughs> and small, uh, no, small lips. <laughs> so there's somewhere, Mikey the Predator Lloyd, age 38, who lives in London, but to be precise, in an apartment. Although but he does spend most of his time in a house. He sits on park benches, looking at children, with committing the most obvious hat. crime. And the rest of a, <laughs> a suit. Giant, a hat that 
must be as tall as the brim is wide to cover his eyes. <laughs> yeah. So it's some like giant XY axis of a graph of a hat. And it also somehow manages to fit on his heart-shaped head. And I would imagine only serves to draw attention to the size of his tiny, horrible predator <laughs> lips. As of Jesus. his personality, which is a lovely start to this sentence, yep. he is cunning and highly intelligent believed to kill his own parents <laughs> it's just a chuck there in at the end witnesses claim to see him walking with a little boy with a hu- huge knife behind his back i don't know if that's the boy or mikey has the the knife at this point so sorry can can you say that again did you say that he seemed to be uh believed to kill his own parents in the present tense this is like yeah. an ongoing thing he's just he's Always killing them through killing disappointment them. <laughs> really they just didn't emotionally the they're like mikey i'm so glad you've made it made it like enough money to have two houses but all this child murder <laughs> and heart-shaped small-lipped instead of tragedy instead of killing children how about giving us some grandchildren <laughs> um yeah believed to kill his own parents witnesses claim to see him walking with a little boy but no one knows what he looks like on his back his identity still remains a, and then I could not possibly, oh, a secret. Well, I mean, it doesn't, does it? You've told us every facet. <laughs> You've told us every fact about him. You've said that people have seen him in broad daylight, walking <laughs> knife to the back of a child. And in child. fact, people are still seeing him in the present tense, just in, walking around. He's doing it now. Despite the fact that he w- always wears this top hat pulled down over his eyes, people somehow know that his head is heart-shaped. <laughs> <laughs> and that his lips are so tiny they're the last thing you see he doesn't he sound in. he doesn't sound like the most ubiquitous person <laughs> there can't no, be many not, of these you're not going to forget him and she's also done <laughs> imagine being brought in for, for this crime <laughs> for, and what about like the police cartoonist yeah like, hot, surely not and it covers his eyes as well okay. but she has helpfully illustrated the concept of Mikey the Predator Lloyd. Oh, well, we'll need to put that on the old Twitter. I will, yeah, I will put it up. It's not... It's quite cool, actually. I think this person... She's clearly quite an intelligent child because the whole yeah. thing is written quite well for a 10-year-old. And it has, like, quite a good sense of what the news tone would be like in reporting yeah. this. But And she's also... So the, the drawing is of a silhouette. You don't actually see his face. Ooh. But what the silhouette looks like, out of context, is... You know when Windows is waiting to do something and it chucks out that hourglass? Yeah. It's like a giant one of those with a top hat on. <laughs> so he looks like the Babadook wearing a really tight corset. <laughs> and it's just this jet black outline of this hat-wearing hourglass hat. Has she read her own description? Don't know that she has, actually. She has highlighted random bits of it, which is good. <laughs> That's very helpful. <laughs> but I do love that. Um, it's incredible. writing for children is well, just I, the best insight into I mean it. I I recently did a, a stand up set about some of the things that um, kids wrote for creative writing exercises that I set yeah. and um, it's something that this girl has managed to achieve as well which seems to be a, <clears throat> a real fundamental to children's writing and I think it's, it comes of these unnecessary assessment objectives which force them to use you know oh you've got to have at least one simile and at least one metaphor yeah um and they are the masters of qualifying statements 
that actually obscure detail. <laughs> so, so like how she said, he lives in London, but to be precise, he lives in an apartment. <laughs> well, I know, <laughs> but spending most of his I time actually, in a different house. Yeah, I actually know less about where he lives than when he started. <laughs> so, I had I had two particularly memorable ones, where a boy said that he had a dog that was as big as a bush. <laughs> <laughs> which is such an incredible weird. phrase it's such an odd thing to have reached for it just it it could be toto it could be clifford the big red yeah it could be like hampton court maze yeah it could be an absolute <laughs> there's behemoth there's dog. no bush size there's not a standard yeah and, and, in, casting a, and in a similar but even more incredible vein perhaps the favorite thing my favorite thing that anyone wrote was uh, about their villain for their story was that he had a nose the size of two rubbers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember you telling me that. Which is absolutely so beautiful because there's no industry standard for rubber size. No. He doesn't say whether probably... it's a little pencil topper or one yeah. of those for big mistakes. Are they side to side or end to end or flat to flat or melted down into some mass and molded into whatever shape? But it also reveals so much about the author as oh, yeah. someone who's, as a child, they've not experienced the full wide world of rubber no. you know, types, the different erasers on option. You just know but that he is he the was only... looking at one yeah, as exactly. he came up with it as well. He is the only person in the world who can read that and know how big this person's nose is. And isn't that really art? Well, yeah, because... But, but it is, in a way, because... It's so difficult, or it must be so difficult, to write such a precise qualifying statement that so beautifully obscures any and all specificity. Mm. But that it makes you are it such for. a personal convention because yeah. as soon as they say, as soon as I hear that, I know what that person looked like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And in a way, that's like cut to the heart of like they've cut out all the shit and yeah. just got straight to the detail. Because it would be like describing a barn as like the colour of your first bathroom. Yeah. You just know what that is. I've... She looked like your mum. <laughs> in in terms of cutting through the detail, another one that I really enjoyed was a, a girl who wrote a story. And the first sentence was, Let's go, said Kai, the main character. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. That's like... It's very... Contemporary. It's very, like, deconstructionist, isn't it? It is. It's, um, it's like the Stanley Parable or something. Yeah. I enjoy that. You know... The main character. Yeah. All, all <laughs> characters are just a construct to help us through the narrative. It doesn't matter. Yeah, this is... They're telling you, the author is just screaming at you that the story, the narrative is fictional. And that yeah. this is just a vehicle to convey a higher truth it's to the really, reader. It's really beautiful. It's that so child much is fun. a genius. It's so much fun reading what kids have written because it, it is invariably nonsense <laughs> yeah but a beautiful kind of nonsense that you can't capture oh yeah it's innocent unless and you're it, mentally ill as a grown-up oh yeah but one it, it's it one of the only things that kept me going through a year of teaching was knowing <laughs> just rereading it, that sentence because it also uh, sort of less innocent but in, in a way i suppose not is uh, as as they get older they still end up writing such preposterous things but it seems all the more tragic because they're writing about more important themes mm. um i remember teaching year 10s romeo and juliet <clears throat> and in the opening exchange between samson and gregory there's sort of a, a pun 
that they make about uh, the heads of the maids or their maiden oh, heads. Yeah. Um, Everyone who was about our age just groaned yeah, in recognition exactly. of having to <laughs> oh, yeah. barrel through that for five hours. So I, so I had to uh, to trot out the old cliches of it: maidenhead, virginity, or hymen. And uh, and they're like, oh, what, what? And say, so, you know, you explain. And then about a it's month, a boys' school as well. Isn't yeah, it? exactly. And then about a month later you get a bunch of essays in on masculinity in Romeo and Juliet. And Mm. they remembered the idea, but none of them bothered to write down the vocabulary. So instead I've got 30 essays, which all of them have a two line description of what the hymen is, but none of them have remembered the word. (laughs) So, so, so you just get people going and he refers to her maiden head, which is, well, it's sort of like, it's, it's like a bit of skin that sort (laughs) of, and it covers, it doesn't completely cover, but it's sort before she's had, and you're like, oh, for fuck's sake, (laughs) like you're 14 years old, (laughs) just learn the word and write it. I don't need to be reading this. That's quite unfortunate. It's weird. um, I don't know. I I remember having to do that exact essay basically in secondary school. And it's just weird. That we've not moved on from that at all. No. That's still the curriculum. Yeah. We're still banging on about this one line and about biting your thumb at people. I had to yeah. do another essay about that. <laughs> yeah. I feel oh, like yeah, there that, must be it. a little bit more depth. Do you know the name Mercutio? That, that's sort of like a bit of a play on the word mercurial. And that's sort of because what? he's like a bit of a weird character. That's brand new information. Yeah. Someone should write a dissertation on it. <laughs> I bet someone did. What, a dissertation? Yeah, on that? I bet. That I bet be laughed done. out of JSTOR. <laughs> you try and submit it and like, turn it in with just. The, ro- the robot page. just laughs at you. <laughs> just, it's a, that's how AI begins. <laughs> turn it out. It just deletes it for you. It sends you a live feed of a camera in their offices where it gets printed off. Really slowly. Straight into a shredder. Yeah, just immediately, (laughs) but very, very slowly down. You try nothing. You try to submit it, and instead it just sends you an email with links to a lot of better essays. (laughs) (laughs) Did you mean a different essay? (laughs) Have you you heard of Do It Again? We've heard of almost anything else on this (laughs) website. Although, uh, to be fair, I remember uh, it was actually one of the things that I used to kind of get people to to talk and to, and to, uh, that sounds like I was a negotiator for the IRA <laughs> or something. Uh, to, no, to get people to put their hands up and, and, and still submit ideas. Like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, uh, to have a go at, at English, you know, mm-hmm. to, to join in the fun, um, was that you can't say anything more stupid than half of the essays that we had to study for our degree. Oh yeah. Because I, I remember distinctly and the one that I used uh, as an, as the example for this was for late Renaissance restoration. I think we were doing King Lear or something Hmm. and uh, we were given this essay and the thrust of the essay was that the globe theater is circular, that wooden O because it's meant to represent the vagina and our desire to go and watch plays there is a sort of Freudian wish to return to the womb. 
Right. And I was like, you cannot write anything less correct than that. No, nonsense. <laughs> it's just absolutely... Why would you ever do that? Indefensible drivel. It's just lies. It just yeah. Isn't well, it just, it's, it's so distinctly, provably bullshit. Yeah. And it, even if it weren't, like the thought experiment of imagining that it might be cannot yield yeah, any fruit no of intellectual merit. <laughs> it's just boring. The only thing it... What you spe- where do you go from there? Oh, yeah, it is. The okay, only out- that's the end of it. <laughs> the only Great. outcome is well that done. everyone now knows that you're an absolute pervert. Who wants to fuck a theatre? <laughs> yeah. He <laughs> just wants to lie down naked Mark, on the ground. Martin, is the that why you had your dick in the globe? <laughs> rubbing yourself all over the collar. I know you're supposed to enjoy the art, but come on. It everyone really has a limit. Really put a dampener on the premiere of Hamlet. <laughs> no wonder just, Emma Rice has left. <laughs> just, just humping the floor. <laughs> Oh, that's a real Screaming, shame. no more inorganic sounds. <laughs> no lighting! <laughs> I hate all that bullshit. Let's not get into it, because it's no. quite niche and boring, but it's a lot of nonsense. The Globes just use microphones and lights and get a fucking grip. It's my hot take. If you've got a hot take on the Globe, <laughs> that's a shamecast at gmail.com. We will read it out. We have had an email, actually. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, go so, ahead. I think I did reply. We should first mention that since our the last episode we recorded, episode five, um, you know, you know how to find it. It's a podcast. Um, I told a story about my cat's names being robbed by a heartless thief of a cat hotel, and it's uh, struck a quite a chord with the listenership. Specifically, our good friend Paul at Shy Yeti. Check him out on Twitter. Lovely man. Who? Yeah, very nice man. And he sends a picture of his cat, Dealey, saying that he was shocked by the whole Crayon and Cobweb debacle, and so is my cat. P.S. His name is Dealey. Hashtag. And he's got three different hashtags for Crayon and Cobweb. He's really trying to get this going. He's particularly outraged, and rightly so. As I think everyone should be. Hashtag cat name theft. My favourite. Hashtag Crayon and Cobweb gate. (laughs) (laughs) And has, which sounds like something we, we'd have to put in to stop them bringing in. Crown brought in like a snake yesterday. <laughs> I should get a crown and cobweb gate just to prevent yeah. that. But I don't know what sort of gate would allow a cat through, but not a snake. That's one for the physicist to work out. And hashtag the muse today. So on that note, then we've got an email from a young man called Joseph. You may, if you're lucky, have heard him on the last episode. <laughs> episode six. six? Yes. And it simply says, uh, actually, was there a subject to this? Mm, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I know there is. The subject was cobweb. And the message just says, my mum is called Crayon. Thanks for that, Joe. (laughs) That's exactly the kind of correspondence we're looking for here on That's a Shame Cast. One-liners with nowhere to go. (laughs) (laughs) That typifies... Encapsulated. That typifies the sort of mental illness that we're expecting from our general (laughs) listenership. From anyone who has tolerated seven episodes now. The podcast's doing quite well to take a a turn. Yeah. Because I inadvertently downloaded it about 150 times yesterday (laughs) while trying to make our website. (laughs) So if we ignore those... We'll hit a thousand in not very long at all. I'm very surprised. And also very grateful. Yeah, very grateful to all of you out there. And I just wish you'd fucking get in touch with us because we want to be interactive and we yeah. want to love you like you love us. We want to but tailor this show to you. Not if it's too much effort. And not if your opinions about what the show should be are just wrong. Like not, if you say, want, not if you want true crime. True crime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
you want true crime? Oh, I want you to fuck off. <laughs> it's a shame there's a, a real dearth of true crime. Uh, in oh, oh no, no, oh, no, no, no. The opposite is the case. Yeah. One thing that I've been so we've been pushing Twitter, as you'll know, and this topic isn't just a vehicle to promote our own Twitter at That's a Shamecast <laughs> even more. But all I'm saying is if you follow it, I'll stop mentioning it. Okay, so that's our bargain. That's a fair deal because I'm fed up of, of hearing it and I saying hate it, it too. I hate the title of this show because we've said it so much. I don't really, it's great. But I've been following a lot of people on Twitter doing the old networking. And one thing that I come across when doing so is a lot of Twitter bios. And so I thought we could just dig in to why they're such a reprehensible little content piece. Yeah. Well, they they tend to go one of three ways. Mm-hmm. They're either purely promotional. They're yeah. just links, links to them, links to their other media, links to their sponsors, uh, and that's hateful. Yeah, it's um, a shame, because, isn't it? You want to soften the blow. Because I, I, I'm going to assume that you're going to be pushing those things in every single tweet anyway. Yeah. Um, the other end is that they are long and wanky. Mm-hmm. Um, these sort of meandering sentences, often perhaps including a quotation. <laughs> um, They're especially common in like almost, business and marketing circles. Yeah, almost certainly are wrongly attributed uh, to quotations. If you if you only sourced Twitter, then you would find that 80% of every sentence ever spoken was probably mm. Marilyn Monroe. Right, Twain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Between them, they have the entire English literary canon covered. And I beyond. saw this actually happen. Um, there's a quote, which is, you know, it's just a kind of reforming of the best Defense is a good offense. Yeah. But it's the specific wording is strength lies not in defense, but in attack. And it was on someone's Twitter bio who was God based. And they, like, they had that in there. And then, uh, my soul for the Lord, hashtag Jesus is bay or whatever. Probably not that. But like that, but not that. And then even, you you know, when they just reference like, uh, by like Genesis 28 3, and you're supposed to be like, oh, that's a classic. Without That's a, a great one. Oh. So yeah, so it was the classic um, God Twitter bio. So I googled the strength lies not in defense but in attack just to see if it was from the Bible because it seemed like a weird thing. Yep. And it turns out it's, well, guess who it's from because I think you might get it in the first guess. Stalin. So close, it's Hitler. It's oh, Hitler oh no. In oh, their God bio. I, I thought that Hitler might have been too obvious. Yeah, and I was going to tweet them and be like, Sorry, do you just know? a quick question. Because <laughs> you know Jesus was was a Jewish man himself, and Hitler not quite so keen on the Jews. No, but I, I thought I'd just leave them to yeah, it. Just let him do it. It's more just embarrassing see, to leave it up. Yeah, see what their life becomes because of it. My least the, favorite. Go on. Had you finished your three? So no, I was going to say the third kind. Yeah, jump to your third. Is um, really short, um, or, or or not the the whole thing isn't necessarily short, but it's made up of like two or three word phrases. Yeah, like I fall into this, um, I think. Um, book reader. Thinker. Thinker. Owner of nine dogs. Yeah. Love my wife. Buy me a bagel. <laughs> like, it's just... Oh. So my oh. two least favourite tropes are um, 
first when people write something like, don't really know what to put here, Fuck because off. you should just not be allowed to. You don't, you don't deserve it. Case. Yeah. I don't need to know that you're inadequate. Like I could probably tell that from what you're about to post. You don't need to flag that yeah. up so early. But there's this phrase that is like endemic on Twitter. And I think it probably started from journalists who were kind of early adopters and has since spread to people who, people for whom it couldn't be less relevant that they're flagging up this bit of information. Right. And it's some variant on, um, all views, my own, all views, my own RTs (laughs) slash likes, not necessarily endorsements. Oh my God. And I just don't understand where this it's become like, it's such an inflated sense of your own self importance. Yeah, like, why would I think that if you retweeted, you necessarily agree? Or if yeah. you... It, all views my own is such a boring, obvious thing to say on a yeah. Twitter account. And no one really cares about the source of your views because you're really overemphasizing or over-exaggerating predictively the amount that anyone's going to interact with your views. Yeah, anyway. the fact that anyone cares what your views are anyway. And so I can kind of see why if you're a politician or something. Yeah. If if I was like a I don't know, a Green Party politician and I wanted to draw attention to some outrageous like when that Conservative councillor went mental at Eurovision. Did you see that tweet? Oh yeah. Let me find what he said exactly as I try and relay the story. Uh Eurovision Row Council. This is such a bad headline. Eurovision row councillor resigns over racist tweet. BBC <laughs> standard slipping there. Yep. To the, um, <laughs> what would Orwell say? Police are treating Nick Carrington's comments as a suspected hate crime. Um, what did he say? Let's find out the tweet exactly. Don't go saying that the tweet's not in this article. <laughs> because what is the point What's of it? The, What's the bit of news? That's the only reason anyone's coming to it. What do they expect me to learn from it otherwise? Okay, I've issued the BBC and gone, unfortunately, to the Leamington Observer. Oh, that's a shame. The Leamington Observer. Okay, yeah, here's what he said. He said, uh, the tweet he sent out before deleting his account due to backlash. (laughs) (laughs) I love that deleted the whole account, not just the tweet, everything. He says, uh, thanks, Ireland. You can keep your fucking gypsies. Hard border coming, folks. (laughs) Which is so obviously reprehensible in so many ways. That's it starts so with bad. him trying to be pithy with "Thanks Ireland," which is wanky already. Then he is just offensive and That's racist. So bad. And then and and he also uses two exclamation marks in the Trump school of exclaiming. Exclamation mark is such a surefire way to make yourself look stupid. Yeah. Whenever I read a tweet with an exclamation mark. That is not like a reply because I sometimes use them to convey like a jovial response. Exactly. So if it's to someone, that's fine. But if it's just Donald Trump tweeting sad exclamation mark, big if true, then it's just (laughs) such a perfect way of capturing his mental inadequacy. But yeah, so if to get back to my point, you're a Green Party candidate in wherever Nick fucking racist moron, not going to be a councillor for much longer, once was one. You might retweet that to show your followers, like, this is the state of the Conservative Party. This is what you can come to expect from their rhetoric. And anyone who's not would would know that. Just know that it wasn't an endorsement, was it? It was just uh, pointing it out. I feel like if we've got to the stage where something is that stripped of context and exists in that much of a verbal character limit vacuum, then maybe the medium just deserves to die. (laughs) 
Do you have a, uh, conversely, a favourite Twitter bio? Um, I don't know. I I don't think so. I've never seen one that I've especially thought was good. I oh. think they're just um, on a scale of more or less annoying. Yeah. My my favourite that I use as a go-to for a good Twitter bio is David Badil's, um, oh, yeah. whose Twitter bio is just Jew. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Yeah. That is funny. <laughs> it is just perfect because it not only is a true fact, but it but just it's gets across that... gets across absolutely everything that you need to know about David Badil's sense of humour. Yeah, it does, that is true. And also uh preempts the anti Semitism that he seems to face every day. Yeah, every Twitter single day. moment. I've found my favourite Twitter bio and it's one that I wrote, so it's a bit narcissistic, but Brilliant. you're gonna grow to know that about me. It was Jacob, again, has come up three times in the show, and I don't think he even listens to it, the ungrateful little <laughs> bastard. <laughs> we can send him this clip, though. Yeah. Um, I, he doesn't have Twitter, or he didn't have it, but I made him one, and I can't remember why. At uh, Jacob Rainboy. His name's Jacob Rainbow. See what I've done there? Yeah. And I just couldn't think of anything to write, so his bio is thinker, drinker, compulsive blinker. <laughs> <laughs> I think one out of three are true. Leave it to the audience to guess which one, as Jacob blinks away into oblivion. Into alcoholic oblivion. And look, this has set us up quite accidentally for a segue into what might be the most gargantuan update of of the show so far. So we've previously, the threads that we've traced through are now seven episode, seven and a half episode lineage include things like our hatred of ghosts. Not actually, that's not fair. I like ghosts. They just hatred of people who believe in ghosts. Yeah. Um, things about uh, the hotel, Declan's English teaching. These are all things that have come up kind of in jokes. Give us a taste. There's another callbacks that people will, I'm sure, clamor to buy on T-shirts when we release them inevitably as we sell out to the capitalist machine. Of course. But perhaps the greatest uh, discovery or perhaps bit of investigative journalism that that's a shame has embarked upon so far was you'll remember episode two's who killed john darkins it was very much like the making a murderer it was, it was the closest we'll ever come to true crime <laughs> yeah unless we commit a true crime ourselves yeah. and just have to kind of talk about it in <laughs> um so to recap for those foolish enough not to have listened to the whole episode i do recommend you go back and enjoy the world of john darkins John Darkins is a man we discovered many years ago when kind of baiting UKIP supporters on Twitter while we were bored backstage in a play. Uh, he was an unusual man. How would you characterise him, Declan? Um, not a fan of charity, um, women <laughs> or human rights. Yeah, or any ethnicity other than his own. Yeah. He's from Clacton and that really says it all. Yeah, that's all First you UKIP constituency. Although he was against the USKIPs as he referred to them. Yeah. We left that episode and indeed uh, we left John kind of as a snapshot, as you described it, a character study. It had a, a clear start and a clear end where he'd begun tweeting, he'd stopped tweeting. Where he'd forgotten nothing, to tweet. <laughs> exactly. Nothing else existed outside this vacuum until the day was, let me find the day. I'm scrolling back in my text history. I believe it was the 6th of May. So I've been sitting on this for quite a while now. Mm-hmm. I received a text from Tim, who I, I've noticed comes up a lot in our shows. 
he's got a lot of like tangential relations to things we talk about. Yeah. Always on the fringe, like some kind of watching, uh, not criminal, but you know, that vibe. He sent me the simple message. Have you seen John Darkin's new Twitter? To which I responded with the three text, uh, one word per text. Oh my God. And I said, don't tell Declan if you haven't already, I'll reveal it. This I'll reveal the good news no, in an episode. He doesn't. So, Declan, I present to you now. Don't tell me that it's John underscore Darkins. It is. I don't want you to look at it. <laughs> no, I've seen it already. You've seen it I already. I've, I've, I've seen his photo. That's oh, all you've I'm seen going the photo. to oh, that's say. That's fine. But you hadn't previously uncovered the account. No. So, congratulations to Tim for his detective work. I Tim, mean, this is brilliant. To be fair, we I don't know why we never tried. I think we were both quite happy with <laughs> why, where we left John. I, I don't think that I credited him with the mental capacity to make more than the one Twitter account. No, that's fair. So he started tweeting on John underscore Darkins uh, the 23rd of July, 2016. And I'm just going to read you unedited. So there was still like 18 months. Oh yeah, there's a decent amount of time. And uh, by the way, we solved who killed John Darkins, which was that he just forgot his password. <laughs> forgot that he had that account. Some, a bird flew past and he just forgot the concept of his old Twitter account. He saw a woman kicking a football and that was it. <laughs> it was done, yeah. He couldn't bear to see it a moment longer. His first tweet, 23rd of July, 2016. Now, you'll remember his trope of addressing tweets to no one. And this oh, is yeah. no different. What a lovely picture you two take. Holly! The holly was in caps. Right, yep. it. That was it. That's the tweet. The same day. All caps, but I'm not going to shout it all. Stop putting fear in people about Britex. Every day you are always on about it. Give it a chance <laughs> no, to work. No. <laughs> not Britex. So, Britex is a problem. Now, what's interesting about this is that I'm imagining John probably tweets from his phone. Yeah. Uh, and in which case, autocorrect has given him all caps, the word Britex. So I googled Britex. The first result is that it's a designer and fabricator of urinals. So either John's been talking a lot about this company or Britex fabrics, perhaps. Yeah. There's no clear reason why that, because you know, autocorrect like learns words that you Yeah, use. exactly. Um, why Britex is such a fundamental part of John's <clears throat> day-to-day life. Maybe he One just... can only speculate. Maybe he just is really frequently misspelling Brexit. I think he runs a blog about urinals. (laughs) Like that guy who runs a Tumblr about all the different carpets in Weatherspoons. Oh, yeah. I think he just photographs them, sometimes with people at them, let's be honest, (laughs) and goes in depth about his experience. Like if there was a little football in there to piss on into a tragic little goal, what the quality of the urinal cake was. 23rd of July again, a three-day tweet for John. Three tweet day. Owen, what I see you and Angela Eaton don't trust you. You're like Tony Blair and Angela is your downfall. Wait and see. Oh, wow. So this must be like the Labour leadership. Yeah, I'm glad to see that his his spelling of politicians' names didn't exactly improve. He just doesn't care, I think. What I've come to learn is that it's not that he's necessarily getting it wrong it's that he just couldn't care less about accuracy and you've got to respect that to some extent <laughs> luckily that extent is quite small about two percent maybe but respect it nonetheless yeah 
He has a six-day absence here until the 29th of July. Lloyds Bank, shut up about Brexit. People was losing their jobs anyway. You are a bad bank taking taxpayers' money. So there you go. That's quite a righteous opinion from, from, from John. Well, there. you know, he's fueled only by love for humanity, I'd say. <laughs> so long as Something they're like white, that. old, that from Clacton. Men. <laughs> Conservative voters. Owen Smith, you're not trustworthy. You will never be a leader of the Labour Party. Do yourself a favour. Join Anglia Eagle and be quite... <laughs> Anglia Eagle That ramps up to such a great finale. Finale. Anglia. Yeah, I like uh, Anglia, Anglia Eagle. Eagle and Be Quiet as like a, a band name for yeah. like a 50s cover cover group. Yeah, it's like a sort of piss take of keep calm and carry mm. on. Anglia Eagle and Quiet. Why BBC always against the Tories? They bring on people who are against the Tories and speak rubbish. Okay. That's your opinion, John. <laughs> then silence for like 20 days. And we're already like over halfway through his entire... Because he stops, spoiler, on February 13th of this year and hasn't tweeted since. Well, we've got to tweet him. This is my favourite. Well, my joint favourite of his tweets in the what we'll call the second saga. Or maybe the second book in the Darkins saga. Yeah. What can I say? Yes. That's it. That's all. <laughs> all lowercase. That's, not in response to that's... anyone or anything. <laughs> That's an incredible tweet. Yeah. Do you reckon that as he was typing that, because I can't imagine that uh, John is the fiercest typist. I imagine that no, I think it takes him a solid ten minutes, nine hours. So mm. do you think that as he was typing out, what can I say? He came to the realization that he could say yes. <laughs> when he started, when <laughs> he started, it was rhetorical. But by the by, the time he got to the end, he was like, "Actually, I've solved this problem. <laughs> May this as, is all my material. Can't, can't be bothered to delete. May as well just update." <laughs> what next tweet say? is my also joint favourite. Just two words: Victoria Derbyshire. That's it. He gets in. He gets out. <laughs> Victoria from Derbyshire. Is that a name? No one knows. Is, it a place? is Victoria Derbyshire a famous person? Let's give it a goog. Give it a goog. Oh yeah, she's a BBC Two journalist. So he oh, just wanted to news night on occasion. So he just wanted to draw attention to her very existence. Yeah, Rosie, my rescue greyhound. This is like a view of John Darkins, the animal lover. John Darkins, the human. Because John Darkins, who know, didn't want to be stung, bit, marked, killed by nature. They yeah, have their the own world. Life. Leave alone. But that it clearly is an exception when it comes to Rosie, his rescue greyhound. Right. She stops at any curbs, waits for me, lays down. Wash her feet. Stops me when I walk past. Had her one year, three moths. <laughs> Had her one year, three moths. <laughs> There's a lot going on in that one. We so because we we previously we previously discussed how uh, words that are misspelt by one letter are infinitely funnier than words that are completely misspelled. Yeah, there's a lot of humour in the subtlety of it. The, it started with uh, a message that I think I sent you where mm. we were talking about Sweeney Todd and I I doubled the O instead of the D. I spoke <laughs> about Sweeney Tood. the tale of Sweeney Tood. <laughs> Just, has no absolutely gravity. nullifies all of the horror. Yeah. <laughs> um. And yeah, so Three Moths is an interesting end. But other than that, he crams in a lot, including, I think, one of his first commas that he's ever bothered to use. Oh, yeah. Uh, next one. 
Gary, shut your mouth. You don't know what you are talking about. Keep out of politics about people coming into the UK. Sentence ends in a comma. And that's it. Oh. Now, we know actually who the Gary is because his next tweet features one of the first ever examples of him atting someone. Just like JME told us not to do, John Darkins has atted at Gary Lineker to repeat, shut up, you don't know what you're talking about. Keep out of politics about people coming into the UK. So he's cross about people coming into the UK. So cross was he on February 13th that that was it <laughs> for the second time. So I'm following him from the account. Above, I encourage yeah. everyone I'm absolutely to do the same. Do John underscore Darkins this time. And it? I do want to point out, of course, like we are mercilessly taking the piss out of John. It's true. But only because we know that he'll never find out about this. And um, does that make us bad people? Maybe. At That's a shame cast. Let us know. But we don't want you to abuse John, is what I'm saying. No. Give his stuff a like, a retweet, because Could, people know that it's not an endorsement well, of his Well, view. also, because looking at it, I've just discovered that you, which is to say us that's from the shame That's cast. a Shame cast, is currently his only follower. Oh, yeah, and he follows no one And again. he follows no Staying one, so we are the only other people mentality. in any way interacting <laughs> with John oh. Darkins. And I kind of hope it stays that way maybe we can interact maybe listeners can interact through the vehicle of us tweeting at him every so often well yeah i think we should tweet at him maybe just maybe there's a hope that he has notifications turned on that would be crazy imagine if we tweeted to him we've got a lot to apologize for if we do but then I'm so not does John going to apologize <laughs> for criticizing a racist so <laughs> we'll see it'll make for an interesting like Frost Nixon kind of interview setup. I'm retweeting. What can I say? Yes. What can I say? Yes. I might make that my new Twitter bio. It's a good Twitter <laughs> John bio. John Darkin. I'll attribute it 2K17. to. I'll attribute it to Faulkner though. Just say that it's such a <laughs> Hitler. <laughs> such an idiot. I believe it was Adolf Hitler who once said, "What can I say? Yes." <laughs> and that was the end of the war, wasn't it? Oh, that is was it? just end of violence. So look, we're hitting an hour 15 imminently and I think we should wrap up. We did have an idea for a feature that I think we should tease oh, yeah. but not do in this episode because yeah. we spiralled. We didn't plan to talk about almost anything that we covered. We didn't pre-plan even one second of that. Mm. So look, it may not be clear from our performances on this podcast, but Declan and I, we've got acting experience, okay? It's in our blood. Yeah, my main source of income is doing that. But I, yeah, I still feel uncomfortable referring to myself as an actor, so I won't. Um, but I've found here for you at home, you may be familiar with the setup, in fact. There was this period of time about six months ago when someone realised that you could tell a horror story through text messages to kind of capture the zeitgeist of what it must be like to be at home with your mum texting you about ghosts or something. And since then, exploded the market of apps that cater to exactly this niche. So I'm not going to say the app name, but there's one out there which has adopted the bold freemium model of giving you a bit of a story that you kind of tap. You start with a message and then you tap to get like the response and you keep going. And then eventually it's like you've, you can't have any more. You pay us money or you wait nine years until you can read the rest of this. So you only get prevarication. Of, <laughs> so you only get the very first lick of a ghost. Yeah. And then that's Should it. we maybe 
I've said we shouldn't, but should we tease, should we do like 10 back and forths? Because what we're planning to do is to go episodically, because I've heard that both crime, the paranormal and the concept of serialization of a story are all big in the podcast world. They, they are indeed. Yeah, I'm on board. Never one. Yeah, never one to pass up on a trend no. and bandwagoning there. Exactly. So there are two roles on offer here, and I just need to know, Declan, which one you gravitate to. Well, I can only see the, the first role at the moment, which is Tiffany. So shall I? So there is Tiffany. There's also Mom. Oh, I'll take Tiffany. Okay. Yeah, that's you, fine. You're, you're the more maternal, I think. I was going to say we could set the scene, but when you open the app, it <laughs> it's literally into the dialogue. just a bit, it's just a white square. So here we go. For the first time on That's a Shame cast, we're going to leave you with uh, the opening section of what I can only imagine to be a narrative to rival Joyce. Yeah. Uh, trigger warning, probably ghosts uh, and <laughs> probably dreadful <laughs> nonsense. The fact that there's a, a mom involved or mom, as I will refuse yeah. to call her, implies to me that there's going to be like, uh, it's going to be that story where there's a double mom. Almost certainly. Guess. Yeah. But let's not preempt. Let's nope. just enjoy, live in the moment. Here we go. Do you hear that? Hear what? My mum's quite aggressive, I've decided. <laughs> She's quite standoffish. There's a baby crying. I'm not home. Wait until I get back. <laughs> what is the mum character? <laughs> She's such an impatient bitch. I'm not home. I'm such a non sequitur. Yeah, wait until I get back. There's a baby crying. Wait until I get back before <laughs> All right. noticing that a baby's crying. Before, before before going and seeing what's wrong, before trying to help. It's it, coming from the basement. <sighs> Don't go down there, Tiff. What? Why not? There's something about your father. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't told you. What? What? <laughs> Why is that so specific to the basement? And why to the what, baby? Yeah, what? Is the dad a crying is, baby? Yeah. It's the only obvious. Mum, there's a baby. I can, I can hear it. Honey, please ignore it until I get home. <laughs> Fuck's sake. I'm improvising there. That's just one of my acting abilities. How am I supposed to do that? It's your line again. It, it's getting louder. Don't go down there. I'm warning you. It's very one note. Isn't she? Yeah, she is. OMG, Mum. That was all in caps. It's you again. You've got two uh, lines more. Are you not grasping the situation here? I'll be honest, not really, because so far <laughs> the situation is just that she thinks she can hear a baby, and, and there's, there's something, something about her dad. <laughs> there's a random, a random baby. <laughs> Such a great line. A fucking random baby. <laughs> there's a random baby crying in the basement. I know. Oh no. Just stay in your room. I thought you didn't know because you weren't home. <laughs> well, look, it's going to be difficult for for people to differentiate Sorry, what's yeah. dialogue and what's us. That was just me fun. getting angry at the story. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Uh, I think it stopped. <gasps> I don't hear okay. anything. Good. I, I'm going downstairs to check. Tiffany, please stay upstairs and wait for me. OMG. And then, oh my god, tap to view image. What? I haven't got an image. What's it an image of? Oh, you wouldn't believe it. Is it a random baby? No, it's asking me to pay. No! <laughs> and that's where we're going to leave it for this episode. So we but... left on the immortal line, Tiffany, please stay upstairs and wait for me. I get the feeling 
she's not going to wait for her. It, this can, I, been, can I just say oh, that in on the screen, it's asked me, or told me rather, become a super hoot. <laughs> oh no, don't be doing Which that. Which is apparently the name for anyone stupid, stupid enough, enough to buy this app. <laughs> <laughs> to pay for probably <laughs> randomly generated baby-based father stories. So look, that's going to be something with trial. It's going to be about that length. If you have any feedback for the episode, and just generally, like we can't plug enough. That's a shame cast. I'm at Isaac BD, Declan at Cynical Declan. Just get in touch. Send us an email at Declan. That's a shame cast at gmail.com. We'd really like to hear from you. Your thoughts on anything. What do you think about ghosts? Should we carry on reading this story? How do you think it will end? Where did the random baby come from? All this and What's more. What's the father made out of? <laughs> why is the mum such an absolute dick <laughs> we'll find out next week this has been that's a shame episode seven and uh thanks for thanks for giving us a taste we'll see you soon see you soon guys Necessities of life will come to you.